The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. While you are entering that competition, let me tell you about Jane Fonda. She was on Good Morning America recently promoting uh, a new comedy, 80 for Brady, and she had this to say about making friends. Women's friendships are very different than men's friendships because you guys, you kind of sit side by side and watch sports or cars or women. Women sit facing each other eye to eye and they say, I'm in trouble, I need you, can you help me? My favorite ex-husband, who's Ted Turner, said to me, you don't make new friends after 60, but I think that he's really wrong. That what you have to do is you have to be intentional. You have to pursue people that you want to be friends with and you have to say, I'm intentionally wanting to be your friend. Yeah, that was Jane Fonda on Good Morning America. Let's set aside the great line, my fav- one of my favourite ex-husbands, uh, Ted Turner. But anyway, Stella O'Malley, the psychotherapist, is with me. Stella, I mean, was Ted Turner onto something? It is hard to make friends. Is it harder to make friends after 60? It, it is certainly harder. And I, I think Jane Fonda was onto something because you have to be intentional. So you, you do have to decide that you're going to seek out friendships. And that can feel unusual but I think it's essential I think there's an awful lot of very lonely people and I think our friendships die maybe because we move on we work we have a falling out we we you know we move house and we don't tend to gain new friends so easily and I think what she said was actually very wise and really good for this era who just so often may I just say in my clinic so often people who are lovely and successful and have loving partners and have families and they don't have friends or they don't have friends that they're using because they're too busy with their family and their work. And is it that we as we get older then like we lose the skill that kind of the skill set needed to make friends and the people we're trying to connect with they've also lost the skill set what is it? I don't think that. I think it's practical. Um, I think you need friendship. You need proximity. You need to be seen per somebody regularly and you need a bit of familiarity. So, you know, you you get the same people in work. I'd imagine you've had the same people. You're not changing work as often. College, you were seeing people all the time. You might join a new hobby in your 20s. There's an awful lot of going out. And then in your 30s and 40s, that starts to really diminish. And we make some great friends and we, we keep them. But By the time often people are in their 40s or 50s, they've really quite a small circle. And if a couple of those have fallen out because of divorces and stuff like that, and like I said, the other reasons... You can end up really with a very small circle. I think, how how did that happen? You do, but you you only need six, don't you? Just to carry your coffin. (laughs) Yes, you're a practical man. um, You don't need many. By the way, you don't need many, but you do need some. And I think a lot of us, we have a friend in Canada who we say is our best friend, but we haven't spoken to in ages. And we're afraid to ring them up and vomit all the the distressing stuff that's going on. And so we keep it light. And therefore, that friendship gets a bit colder. We might have a friend over in Galway or or, or in Belfast, and we're not keeping in touch because we're both very busy. Mm. You have a friend down the road that you go for a walk with, but you don't like her very much. And then you have... (laughs) Your family. (laughs) And this is really common. And so you do have to be intentional and think, who do I like? Hmm. And, you know, you have to put effort into it. And it does take vulnerability to pick up the phone and say, would you like to meet for coffee? And you're slightly cringing inside because you know this is almost like asking for a date and it's worth it and I, I, I want to bring in Max Dickens who's with us as well in just a moment but I, just on Jane Fonda's point as well that um, it, it might be harder for men 
to 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 do that i guess you know she talked about and i think you and i maybe have had this conversation before about the kind of the the passive nature of that kind of male friendship compared to to women I'm very interested to hear what Max is going to say. But yeah, I think a lot of the time with with men now, this is widely generalizing. Yeah. Men often exchange information in their friendships. So they might have a shared hobby or a shared love of sports and they might be talking about Everton and they're talking about different facts. And It's comforting in its own way. It's familiar and that they're very comfortable in that. While women are much more likely to bond emotionally. And when you're down and out, that's what you need. And men who've been right prior to this only exchanging information and basically going out to see the match and there's a purpose or, mm. you know, you meet over cars and there's a purpose. Well, they don't really do the bonding and that can feel very lonely when when you need support. Max Dickens, I mentioned, is with us. He's the author of Billy Nomates, How I Realised Men Have a Friendship Problem. Max, what was your friendship problem specifically? Remind us. Well, I, I will do. I'm just thinking about who these people are going to be holding my coffin, actually, here. It's really sort of... I, tell, I hope you've got that. Max, if you don't have a list, one to six, <laughs> make it now. That's my advice. <laughs> I know. I want that set in stone. So I realised I had a friendship problem when I was going to propose to my girlfriend and I, I needed a best man. I literally wrote a list, a bit like your coffin list there, and realised the cupboard was bare. And I was in my early 30s and I thought, oh, my goodness. How has this happened to me? And realise it's happened to tons of men. So I sort of sought to try and solve that problem for myself and then write a book about how men could do it themselves. And how did you solve it? Well, it's it's a lot of the things that Stella said are, are true. So one of the big things about men is we don't, if everyone is not intentional. Men are especially not intentional. They're often sort of hand over responsibility to the women in their lives for running their social life. I often joke that women treat their girlfriends or wives as like the HR department. So we need to go and be sort of front footed with it. So I, I spoke to a guy who's got tons of friends and I said, how do you do it? He says, well, um, my mates call me the Sherpa because I organize everything. But they say, if you didn't organize everything, we'd never see each other. And I thought that was one thing I did. I I tried to be the Sherpa to show leadership. Often social interaction is contingent on someone going first. And another thing I did was to try and assume that life was going to be really busy, like Stella's touched on, especially as we get older. Life is stressful. Often this stuff is not front of our mind for all sorts of reasons. So what can we do despite of that? And I call it the the tent peg strategy. What things can you have in the diary that are kind of recurring that when things get busy, you still have that? So I, I have fortnightly five-a-side football games. I go and play with friends. We might go to the pub afterwards. Uh, monthly, we have this get-together of my, my social circle. I call it pub club. So these are things that are always in there. So when I fall off the wagon, friendship-wise... There's always that to come back to. And, and tell me, when you then began this quest to find out why you had kind of lost out all of these friends over the years and make new friends, I mean, how responsive did you find other men? Was there a kind of a standoffishness? <laughs> well, there's a taboo in male friendship where you're not meant to show someone that you actually like them. So that was kind oh, of a God, big... yeah. Couldn't think of yeah. anything worse, man. So when, I, when I started trying to do a bit of that, they were kind of a bit uncomfortable with it. But I did find it made it made a big difference because often when you're friends with a man, it's kind of almost on moral terms. You know they'll be there to carry the proverbial coffin or, you know, w- when things get hard, they'll be there to be at your door. But it doesn't feel like a friendship sometimes. They're not very affectionate. But I'll tell you this about guys is because blokes can be a bit rubbish at this stuff, if you organise things, they are so grateful and you'll find that the, there's the rhythm re-established. And I think friendship is so often about a rhythm. And when you fall out of it, 
It's about kind of jump starting it by kind of going first and showing a bit of leadership. Uh, Stella, men are just kind of are they utilitarian maybe or transactional? Is that what it is? I mean, if they don't have the five aside or whatever it happens to be in common, they don't want to know about it. And in fairness, there's something in that. Like they want a shared interest, they want a purpose, and there's a lot to be said than the navel gazing women, and I am one of them. <laughs> talking about how they how they said it and what they said ad nauseum. So there, there, you know, we, you know, there is merit in in that. The five aside is a lovely idea. I just loved what what Max said there. Like a, a kind of a regular place to go where you like cheers, where everybody knows your name. I think it's really important. One thing about male friendship that I think Max might have something to say about is that they often can be very cruel in their teasing. And I think that can create a lot of a lot of, you know, obstacles to intimacy that I I do think women are so much better at bonding and being kinder. And I know we're tricky and complex. And I know this is generalizing, but there's a cruelty sometimes with the banter. And I say that in inverted commas between males that can be really quite horrible. What's going on there? Why why, why would someone do that? I, I mean, are they protecting a, themselves to a degree? Also, there's a there's a testosterone driven kind of competitive one upmanship. And so th- there can be a kind of you're either you're either ahead or you're losing kind of attitude to life. And that can seep into a friendship which which isn't appropriate. You know what mm. I mean? You're, you're not colleagues. But you could argue that that's where the drive is, this kind of survival of the fittest drive to kind of evolutionary almost drive. It could be that it could be a socializing feeling of that's how they've been socialized. But it's certainly notable and it's it's harsh really from I've noticed from the age of in and around puberty. And that's why I rest on testosterone. That yeah. that's when it gets cruel and really quite harsh, quite quickly. And uh, Max, that's interesting because, like, I would definitely find it easier to say cruel things to my friends than nice things to my uh, friends. I, like, uh, is that something that you have experience of? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Think about what is like the iconic moment of a man's friendship or best friendship is the best man speech, right? And what is that? It's just a roast. It's like a <laughs> minute roast. What are the, all the worst things I can say about this book yeah. I to really like? Um, so that kind of says a lot about it. And um, I, I, on one hand, I would say it can be a form of closeness, right? Because men are horrible to each other often, but it's kind of a game where I'm saying things and you know I don't quite mean what I say. I have permission. If a stranger says it to you, I'm intervening going, hang on, you know, <laughs> this is for us. So yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And then the second thing, though, and to touch on what I think, you know, Stella said, and I agree a lot with what she said there. I talk a lot about permissions. So men often have mates. So like mates from football, mates from the pub, mates from work. Mm. You often lack those, a couple of really close friends. Like Jane Fonda's talking about really knowing someone. Why do we lack that? Because I think the banter can be great, but we can have only one gear on the gear stick. And it can create this kind of atmosphere between us where maybe we subconsciously police one another so we can't go and talk about some of the stickier stuff some of the heftiest stuff which may in our darker moments especially as we get a bit older and life can get a bit trickier then we don't have those outlets for that reason 
All right. Well, listen, it's been a really interesting conversation. One I suspect we could we could keep going if the clock were not against us. Uh, Max, thanks a million for taking the time. Max Dickens is author of Billy No Mates, How I Realised Men Have a Friendship Problem and Stella O'Malley, psychotherapist. Stella, always a pleasure and thank you as well. A lot of people getting in touch. Uh, one listener, I'm in my mid-30s. My friends are my family. I have a few from college who we keep in touch with over WhatsApp but have yet to meet up since COVID. Somebody else says, once you marry or get partnered up, your friends become less important. I know that from myself and my own life. I'm in my late 50s and somebody else, female, married, couldn't agree more with Jane Fonda. You gotta put the work in to keep those friends. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.